Hello, Scotty. Hello, Mr. Fox. <laughs> wow. I, I'm feeling the love already. This 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 may you know, this may portend a, a happier recording session. Especially since you've got it whatever may, that background is. It's just it's a video to just start to play in the browser. There we are. <laughs> we can just pretend it's our new theme tune. I, actually I kinda liked it, it was soothing because the, the existing one is kinda like so I don't know. Yeah, well, something something about this show has to be dynamic. Oh my gosh! So you're saying that our <laughs> dulcet tones are not dynamic? I think I think just stop with the word dull and don't add the sit, and you'll be all right. And <laughs> we put the duh into dynamic. Dull shit tones might be. <laughs> well, well, Scotty, would you like to to share with the, our our fractional fractional listening audience um, your great triumphs of the week? Um. Yeah. All right. Well, we can talk about yeah. mine instead. Triumphs. <laughs> now, what, what's a triumph? Sorry. Um, how about how about light absence of failure? Yeah. Not sure I have much of that either. Oh I am. I, um, I have spent the day debugging. Oh, it's. I have a love hate relationship in the moment with CloudKit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, CloudKit is for for what it is incredibly simple. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's quite easy to use and, um, uh, and set up and make things happen. Um, the biggest issue is when it doesn't work, it's virtually impossible to work out why, because you have no view into anything. You know, it's, it's just this black box and you don't get an error. I've got this thing where I upload a file and, um, then I, I maybe change something in the file locally, you know, and upload a file again, and it never gets updated. Just the first version never get up there was there, and I'm sure I'm doing something. It's going to be me doing something wrong, or um, you know, or, or something there. But it's like, you know, when it just says done and it's not done, you know, it, it's just I can't go and look on the server and look at the look at the data. I can't see any you know logs to say this file was uploaded and. It really does, you know, show when you're in control of the back end yourself and you can do this stuff, you can diagnose this stuff. So this this wonderful thing of CloudKit being like available to all and everything, it's yeah, it has some problems now and again when it doesn't work. And I've always had this issue with um, when using it in other applications. I think I've shared in the past that um, I don't think it was CloudKit, but it was using iCloud in DevonThink uh, Pro Office, which is an app I use, and it just stopped syncing. And of course. I can't see what's going on. I could never make anything work or not work with it. So, yeah, so my, yeah, there are lots and lots and lots of good reasons to use CloudKit, but every time I come across this one of like this black hole of pain when something's going wrong, it does make me have to reconsider the use of it. Um, which is not nice because that means you have to find alternatives. So there we are. That is my frustration of the week, which um, uh, I've not sworn too much. So maybe I can say I've successfully managed to control my language for most of the week. That's my triumph. That is impressive. CloudKit. Many reasons to use it. Transparent debugging is not one of them. That's the new slogan. (laughs) Yeah. So, John, John, as we've started this show with abysmal failure, why don't you rock it in with some success? Well, um, there has been some. I'm, I am very excited that uh, 
what we're submitting tomorrow and which comes live to the world, but I'll talk about that next week. I mean, I've already talked about what it is, but it's finally shipping, so that's nice. Um, but I wanted to talk about something else this week, and that is the difficulty in in finding just the right feature set when you're trying to ship something that is to be used by human beings. Um, and let me say something else. There are plenty of software tools out there that help you with with some type of difficult process that you are going to do because you're paid to do it. So you think about, you know, software that that corporations use, you know, people are being paid to 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 do whatever it is. They may not enjoy doing it, but they don't care. It gets the job done there, you know, so as long as it works, then that's fine. But in the world of consumer software where you're competing against other uses of people's time, if you're going to do something that requires work, then there better be a big payoff. And that is a very, very hard thing to do. It's something I struggled with mightily when I was working on Memory Miner because there was a certain amount of work that had to get done to be able to extract values from these old photos. So, you know, drawing selection markers over meaningful areas, which most times were a person, but not always. Um, and then came along facial recognition, and then you'd have the ability to say, oh, well, that looks like a face, that looks like a face, let me pre-make the marker for you. When I was able to do that, that helped a lot. Um, and if there was markers already in there because the photo came from iPhoto and iPhoto had added as a feature face recognition, that was good. But for for my purposes, I needed to be more than just the strict face. I needed to expand it to cover kind of other areas like the the, the full head, maybe up to the shoulders. So I, I tried to, to work with you know, tools that, you know, that would, that would, an approach that would make the most of, of, of the data that was already there to be able to reduce the amount of work that a person had to do. And I was chatting with one of our fractional, fractional listeners, and I'll respect his privacy because I haven't asked him, so I, I won't say anything that is going to reveal. Um, but we were having conversations about the use of a technology of speech to text. And um, because I'd done some experiments working with it, and it is indeed quite remarkable when it works, but if it when it doesn't work, then you can get into a situation where you've given the user the idea that, you know, press this button and a bunch of work will get done for you, and you run the risk of, of the editing work being longer than having done it from the very beginning from scratch. So it's a very tricky situation to deal with, but I was reminded of that this week. And part of the reason why I've been thinking about this as well is because um, I think I told you a couple of weeks back that I was working on a on a side project as a as a favor to a friend, and it's it's started to take on additional life because it's it's reminded me of of something that I always wanted to do with Memory Miner, but the technology wasn't really there then. And when I started, it was long before iPhone ever came out. To say nothing of fast networks and and really great AV uh, capture tools that, that you get in a phone. So I'm kind of tempted to, to to work on this to see if I can adapt this technology, adapt this this code that I wrote as a favor to a friend, to, to, to as an experiment to, to satiate, to to scratch the itch I have for for doing something that I wanted to do with Memory Miner. And if I if I am able to do that, you'll be damn sure I'll be talking about it because um, who else is going to possibly listen if not you and our fractional fractional listening audience? So. You didn't really tell me about a success. You told me about a hope, a success you hope to have in the future. Yes. So this, this is, <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. I just want to, I, you know, I'm a detail guy. I just want to make sure, you know, that we, we make sure we're, we're honest here about that. But that's, uh, it, but, but just what you're saying now, I mean, I remember, um, do you know what? This week I listened to episode number one of this show. Oh no. Um, oh wow. Uh, which wasn't our first podcast together. Cause we'd done quite a lot of episodes of the Mac developer 
network podcast before we did this one so we've been going so i think the first the first show was uh with kevin hockter was it not yeah it was kevin hockter 10 years ago we were talking about so we were talking about the launch of the app store and and um people you know um how would they access software and not all that and it was you know our stuff we're still saying today um but it has you know you just saying and it was quite interesting because listening to the show um one of the thoughts that went through my head is well, do you know what? Not a lot has changed. Um, <laughs> this was before the apps. This is the Mac App Store, not the um, uh, not the um, App Store for iOS, because the Mac App Store was releasing. Uh, this is with Lion, I think it was. Um, and you know, having discussions. It was a live show as well with a live chat room. Um, so, and, and I was just listening, to it thinking. Yeah, do you know what? a lot of the questions that we were asking then, a lot of the issues we were raising then, and this is before anyone had put anything in it. So these were like assumptions based on the iOS store. Um, there's still things people say today, and it, you know, part of me was saying in that very you know listening thing, um, you know, how little has changed. But equally, then you then come along and say something that's roughly from the same time period. You're working on Memory Miner. You know, people having to manually, um, you know, mark faces in photos and, you know, and then give it a context, you know, and now, you know, we have machine learning and photo recognition and, um, uh, you know, and a bunch of other, you know, uh, really, really cool technologies. And, you know, I just find that contrast quite interesting that uh, technically, te- technically, you know, lots has changed in the last 10 years or so uh, of what we can and can't do. And yet a lot of the problems of how we deliver hmm. what we do to people are still exactly the same. That's entirely true. And and the, 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 the subtle point about is it's much harder to figure out exactly what to do than it is to actually code it. And, and that is something that I, I've changed over the years because a lot of times I would look at technology that's coming along and I would look at new APIs and, and, and new, you know, UI techniques and um, UX patterns and, and, and say, oh, okay, well, now this is possible, so let's do it. And it, it, just because a technology comes along and, 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 and offers some new improvement doesn't mean that that in itself is enough to, to tick the feature over. And even if it does there's still no guarantee that it will get much traction beyond, you know, a small number of people who are really into it. And that, and, and oftentimes that can be perfectly okay. And I think that that's, that's one of the interesting things because, you know, software is, is very much a creative endeavor and there are plenty of people who do it because they love to, and they also do it for, for a living. So I'm, I feel lucky in that I, I really love what I'm working on that. What is my, my day gig? And it's been all encompassing and I've really never had, much of any time to, to think about things for passion projects other than when I do hack days. And sometimes, you know, hack days will spark my imagination about other things I might do with now that I have some newfound, um, you know, skills in, in some area. But uh, it, I, you know, one of the things that I, 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 I may have in, in, inferred or not is that, that in some ways I, I was disappointed that the things that I wanted to do with memory minor, I was never able to do partly because they really weren't practically possible and partly because, you know, I, I couldn't work on it forever. At some point I had to, to, you know, to, to work on other things. Um, and I was lucky that I was able to, to, to do a lot with the, the, the code and the, the, the algorithmic knowledge I had developed. But, you know, th- there is always this idea. It's like, maybe you can revisit something because sometimes ideas that you have, 
you know, are just they're they they're too far ahead of their time for practical reasons or you know whatever. So it's always tantalizing. So to just think. so just looking back at that, I mean, because this is a very real thing, okay? Because you know, you were trying to do stuff with Memory Miner that if you tried to launch an app now that does what Memory Miner did back in you know when you were developing it all those years ago. Really, almost every, almost everything, and I not everything I know, but almost everything Memory Miner was doing, uh, from a sort of m- metadata recognition right. point mm-hmm. of view. I know you were linking stories and things, which is still maybe yeah, that was a that was the the story arc. But then the showing faces and metadata and locations was um, the the tech that mm-hmm. joined your stories together. Um, but you know, just looking at the tech side of it. Um, do you think, looking back now, and it's, this is a really possible question to answer, that if you'd stopped to think about it, you would have, you, know, you would have said, hmm, all this stuff I'm trying to do, give it five years, I'll be able to do it without any doing any work? Or was that unseeable at the time, do you think? I don't think it was unseeable in that there were there were clearly signs that this stuff was coming. I mean, like, for instance, with location. I mean, you know, I started working on Memory Miner in 2005. And I shipped it in in 2006. Um, and, you know, one of the things was was location was super important. So that was before Google Google Maps. I can't remember whether it existed back then. It may have existed, but MapQuest had been around a little bit further. And the, the, the difference between MapQuest and, and Google is that MapQuest had, there was basically, it, it used a pattern so that if you were to look at the source code of, of a MapQuest page, you could guess what the next level of, of uh, the URL to get the next level of Zoom image. So I, I did something kind of cheeky and, and clever at the time um, you, it, you, <laughs> that I basically, you know, embedded a, a web view of MapQuest and I would use that to be able to extract the images. I was ripping their images out of their web pages and I was able to do it. And I suspected that at some point that that Google the Google Maps would have an API or that it would become an API. So now geocoding APIs with with map image embeddable maps are are a thing. Multiple people do it. Apple does it. Google does it. There are probably still other ones. There's OpenStreetMaps and so on and so forth. Uh, and similarly, there are things for like doing face recognition and whatnot. But I think the critical thing is it's not really the technology, and that's really what it comes down to. Is the thing that really kind of inspired me for memory miner was was and the reason why I wrote it was the experience of having people talking about about memories that were you know invoked through pictures and, and documents particularly when when the people portrayed or the situations portrayed you know whether whether they were when they were on a longer duration so it's not like looking at something that's happening in the here and now but you come across a letter from your grandparents or something and you're really curious about it so you may want to talk to your mom because your your grandparents might not be alive or you may do some type of detective work so it's spending a lot more time on a smaller set of images so it's not like a machine learning problem to throw your entire $80,000 80,000 item iPhoto collection at it it's it's here are 20 30 40 scanned images and that was another issue as well. It's like, you know, these were, these were, you know, analog photos, which to be useful had to be digitized at some point. And most people don't want to sit there with a scanner. And now you look at how sophisticated an iPhone capturing capability is where you can just like dump a photo on a, on a, on a well-lit surface and it can still be a little bit kind of distorted. You can point a camera at it in such a way that there's such high resolution in it that you're even capturing one quarter of the frame, but that's without the shadow 
being cast by the phone itself. And then the software can automatically crop, crop, remove distortion, do color restoration and produce something that's stunning. So what what what's interesting now is the technology to get you to the point where you're at at the fun stage um is is, is really developed now and, and i always talked about how memory miner was like you know using it in the beginning was the equivalent of doing gardening or maybe you know doing mise en place in in a, in a kitchen where you know you're doing things like mincing shallots and making stock and 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 filleting pieces of pro, you know different proteins and once you have all that work done it's right in front of you then you can make multiple different dishes and that's when it becomes fun and so anything that you could do to automate you know the 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 mise en place for your digital for your your analog you know materials to turn them digital and make them available for consideration discussion and story building that's that's the real trick so anyway i've been waffling on for that but it 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 it's it's fun to talk about and i appreciate you scotty and our fractional fractional listeners for indulging me on this no no i think i think it's really important because you had if you were starting memory miner today um, your your image for memory miner because what you're trying to achieve that's that joy in people's lives we still have you know uh, we were as a family going through some old analog photos last night of our of our children um and then we realized we got to child number five and we didn't really have very many and that's because we've gone digital by then <laughs> yep, yep. it's because we've gone digital by then and then we had an unfortunate you know this was before i was a mac person that unfortunate pc crash and then so the memories of that child were lost because i didn't have a couldn't make the backup work no different to if the photo album had got wet or mm-hmm. burnt with the other one it means i'm not there but it was it was an interesting conversation and we yeah we were having the memories from it so you know really memory mine had nothing to do with photography and digital image processing that was just something that had to do in order to create the story as right. the linking that you wanted wanted to do but however you know that's what all good software is about um but you have to ask it lets you know um so you're you know, your story that you wanted for Memory Miner is just as valid today. And I think a piece of software that did what Memory Miner did, it would be just as valid today. But the person approaching it today would be, um, uh, would have an easier time of doing it yeah. in, in some ways uh, there. So it does, again, it's when we're, when we're coming up with software ideas, um, you know, it, it might be that actually that idea seems really hard now. But if you think it's a good idea, you know, we need to keep these things and keep, you know, every six months, every nine months even. It could be that short. You know, just saying, would this idea be easier to do now? Would, is, there, is there some piece of movement that's happened in the last six months or one year that suddenly makes this go from being, you know, something that I'd have to dedicate a year of my life to make get out the door to I can dedicate two months of my life to get out the door and therefore now it, it's valid. And I think... Um, that for some could be the tipping point between never doing it or doing it, but equally it could be from the point of doing it in a way that you can make it successful, be for early to market, be um, you know uh, uh, be profitable, as opposed to you know how much software never ships because it turns out to be too much work. Hmm. Just I'm, I think you know I, I would say um, we call them hobby projects, but let's be honest, loads of people who do you know a good number of people and especially back before the iphone when we were just talking to people who use macs and there was no iphone to develop for you know virtually everybody had a hobby project that was one day going to be their full-time job (laughs) and that was the goal that was the desire um for mac software and yet you know what one percent two percent three percent of us ever shipped to them um uh, and so this uh you know this concept of 
merging the idea and the technology and finding that that focal point where you can you know you you can realize your idea in, in a meaningful way uh with the right amount of work um i'm just finding quite interesting but maybe i'm the only one in the world who is no no i think that I, i'll be curious to see what the reaction among our fractional listeners to this one is because these things are timeless and speaking of timeless can I admit to something where we failed? You know, I've talked about success and dream of future success, but there is a, a, a is this we as in me in, is this we as in me and you? Yes. Which one of us was really responsible for the failure? Uh, well, I will. I will claim some. I will claim some credit. Maybe you will too. You know how we failed? We failed one of our fractional listeners because we neglected to wish him a happy birthday. And you know who that is. Now I know that you're going to have to dig deep into your heart. And, and go to that forgiving place. We're going to pretend we're in California, Scotty. Let's think rainbows and, and gong bells and psychedelic light and, you know, maybe even, maybe even Molly to put you in a loving mood. But I want you to find love in your heart for your evil nemesis, Georg, whose birthday was last week, and we completely ignored it. So I, I think we should croon a happy birthday to him. You ready? Two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Gay. Evil Nemesis. Be nice to Scotty every now and then, and we'll be even nicer to you than we sometimes are. All right, there we go. I didn't sing there, John, because um, it would be I've already done sing. enough damage to our, I've already done enough damage to our audience. No, that's true. Happy uh-huh. birthday, Georg. Yeah. And equally, I was in California mode, and I was high and in a different plane, <laughs> <laughs> or on a different plane. Maybe I don't want to be in a different plane. I wanted to be on a different plane. Yeah. There we are. Yes, uh, well, Georg, he hasn't shipped yet, has he? What sort of loser is he? <laughs> too busy celebrating his birthday, going back to Heidelberg and, and visiting the haunts where he may have had one beer too many as a student. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, has there been anything interesting happened you've spotted going by in the tech world this week? I mean, I'm getting, um, uh, you know, there's very, very few rumors for, for Dub this year, I think, which is um, interesting. Um, I don't suggest we talk about it, but, you know, sometimes by now we're, what, five weeks out, four weeks out? That's right, yeah, it's coming up pretty soon, that's right. It's coming up, and um, and do you think that's partly because as a recorded event, it's not like people aren't so... I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing the technology, and as as I've said before, I think for the passing over of information, the the videos are a brilliant way of doing it, and I really enjoy it. but you think, you know, we're all ready for that and we all want to see uh, you know, this technology, but the buzz is slightly less because there's none of this. Am I going to get a ticket, not get a ticket? Should I go? Shouldn't I go? Right, yeah. And uh, with that, different the world. whole thing diminishes, that the excitement diminishes a little bit. I think that's that's totally true. I mean, I, I will will say I have just not thought about dub dub at all um because you're exactly right there's there there it's hard to have anticipation for something when it's kind of it it it's a non-event in the aspect of i'm going to be able to meet friends or meet up and have discussions and so forth it's just basically it's a learning opportunity and it's an excellent learning opportunity and it's probably a better learning opportunity than it has been in years past but yeah, I, I've just not thought about it at all, and, and partly maybe that's because of of the, you know, excitement fatigue that sets in uh, when you've been doing this for a long time. It's like there's there's not 
you know, maybe we'll, we'll be blown away and I'll eat these words, but I don't, I don't really know what major breakthrough software they're going to be talking about unless they, they do something like that. And by the way, here's Apple Glass, you know, or, or you know, uh, uh, Apple, Apple, you know, Apple Glasses or whatever they end up might calling it if, if they do some things like that. I mean, it's pretty clear they're, they're, they've been caring a lot about AR and VR. So, you know, maybe that comes along and we'll say, oh, my God, this, un, you know, unveils a whole new poss- realm of possibilities. But at that point, yeah, we'll all find out about it, and then we can change our tune then. Yeah, see, if they unveiled Apple Glass, I think that would just make me turn off for the week. <laughs> oh, really? You're not excited by that? I, I have... I Don't get me wrong. I believe AR... AR was a technology still looking for a real home. Yeah. There's, And I think it will find one. I definitely think it will find one, but I don't think we've found it yet. Hmm. Um... Uh, and I and I think it's good that companies are researching this and developing it and, and, and going for it. But it just doesn't excite me at all. Mm. It, it really just doesn't. And I think maybe, you know, once, you know, I'm not interested in holding my laptop and trying to play a game on a table. Um, you know, I can understand the let's look at this furniture in your room type of thing. But, you know, it you know, that doesn't work very well when you've got other furniture already in the room. <laughs> Mm, no. <laughs> type of yeah, you know, if you strip your room out, it's fine. Um, so yeah, so I think I I have no idea if we'll see any anything AI or not AR or not. But it's you know I think if that was the key thing, I personally would um, be uh, yeah not that inspired. Unless at the same time they suddenly did a demo that showed me oh yes this is what AR is all about. Yeah. Well, so there we are. But but I can see you. Know, you would be quite excited. So if you were excited, John, I think I could find a way of being excited. Well, I'll tell you what. When Dub Dub comes around, it's happened. We can have a virtual, you know, Michelada or something, and 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 share excitement. Because honestly, one of the fonder memories I have of of Dub Dub, especially when it moved to San Jose, is that uh, we we had some tasty meals and tasty after after show kind of um, food. And company, I thought that was fun. It is the social aspect. It is sitting in the bar at the end of the day, or the middle of the day, wherever yes. it might be, or maybe even the, the beginning of the day on some days, <laughs> uh, you know, and discussing the session that you're in this morning or the keynote uh, with people you've not seen since last year, or maybe for a couple of years because we don't always go there um, in a in a strange town. I mean, I know San Jose isn't particularly a strange town for you, but um. It's probably stranger than San Francisco ever used to be. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, eating some food and, and catching up about it. Um, that was, to me, that was the highlight. Um, and in some ways, it was the the, the fact I'm not doing that that's the, and the disappointment of that that sort of still engaged me with the conference even when I didn't go. Because it, it was like it, it, I could connect with this conference because I understood the the nice memories I had of it. Now, I know there are lots of people who get excited by it who never ever managed to go. So I'm, I'm guessing you know, this is a very personal experience for me. And it's, I'm not saying that's why for everybody it must be there. But, yeah, it is um, it is different. I think, you know, as ed- an educational resource, what they're doing now is better. And as far as Apple's concerned, I would be surprised if Apple ever went back to a physical conference because Apple's job is to communicate their technology to developers at WWDC and they have found a way that is better and cheaper um, to do. So why would they go back? Um, which might mean Apple would then maybe become more proactive in supporting other conferences. I don't know. 
you know, because they might understand the community of it. But I do miss the, um, yeah, the being together side of it. But that's not Apple's responsibility at the end of the day. It's yours, Scotty. Bring back the NS conference. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah, well, NS conference, I, the I've cruise ship people, edition. I was 2020. We were planning, we were looking at possibly doing, um, at the end of 2019, was probably look, looking at the possibility of doing um, an NS conference reunion in 2020. And boy, am I glad I didn't pay any deposits on that. <laughs> Well, I don't know. We should have, we should like, we could look at it this way. You know, now that we're beginning to recover from the shit show that was 2020, we have a small window of opportunity when we can get together personally before the next even bigger shit show comes along and we'll all be locked in our bunkers. And the only way of experiencing the outside world will be through Google Glass. I'm sorry, Apple Glass. Apple Glasses, yes. The only way to vacation is with Apple Glasses. I guess that will make me more excited about them. Yeah. Because I travel, I think, you know, travel, seeing friends, I mean, I traveled for work, um, which was, you know, okay. I mean, work travel's fine, but, you know, I, my, most of my work travel was to California, and I have a lot of friends in California, um, I- including yourself. I'll keep you on that list for now. Um, it's, so, you know, I could get to catch up with them as, as well, and myself and my wife will probably do, you know, four sort of long weekend vacations somewhere in the world each year. Um, and that was like my downtime and our together time and whatever else and experience different food and culture time. And I think that's the thing I have exactly missed the most out of all of this is um, is traveling. So, yes, I'll be glad when we do it from the UK. Now we're allowed to go to seven. I think it's about seven countries on a green list. But, um, yeah, it's uh, not the same yet. I've just be able to say, let's go away next week or yeah. do it anyway. Talk about let's go away. Maybe this is a time, a good time for us to do that. I think that's an excellent idea. Scotty, if people want to give suggestions of which of the Channel Islands should be your next dream vacation, where might they do that? I can't go to the Channel Islands because they're currently being barricaded by the French <laughs> in, in the current UK-France fishing war. I did not know that. Oh, my God. They You've are. Been brexited from the Channel Islands. It is. They have, yes. they. The, the, the Channel Islands have not issued... Uh, licenses to the French fishing licenses to the French that they are happy with. So the French do what they do best. Oh my block God! Things. Plus that <laughs> this is great. This, I'm just reimagining. The French, the French are brilliant. At the French are amazing protesters. The French yep. know how to protest. They mm. really. If you want to learn how to protest, go to France because nobody protests like the French protest. Mm. You know, it's proper protest. It's none of this waving a little sign around and saying, you know, what do we want now? You know. You know, don't give us a ride. We're going to block your port with all our boats. Yeah? <laughs> you don't like your lamb? We're going to burn sheep in the middle of the highway. <laughs> we will fasten your general direction. <laughs> exactly. The French are amazing protesters. You know, they know how to protest. They know, you know, the French have many qualities, but protesting is definitely one of the high ones. In all right. Well, anyway, so, how do we go on to this? So, yes, yeah, so so I can't get into the channel. French listeners or even people who are francophiles or just love using the French as a cudgel, where might they, they, they use that on the internet to get in touch with you? They can, they can come to the place where you never find protest, and that is Twitter, uh, where you can find me as Mac Devnet. And John, if people want to assure you that you were not really a failure and beg you not to sing again, where should they do that? <laughs> the place where all... <laughs> You know, measured commentary on singing failed or otherwise otherwise takes place. And that's also Twitter. (laughs) What a coincidence. (laughs) Where I'm Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And I keep 
don't tell people we have a, a show Twitter account, I which is iDeveloper Show. Mm. So there we are. People can go and follow that one for approximately one tweet a month for the shows I remember to tweet about. <laughs> Scotty, <laughs> but if terrible. you're listening to this, you already have the show. So, but at least no, it gives show feedback. It gives show feedback. Let's let's be professional here. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure wandering down memory lane with you and talking about memory miner and technologies of the past. And uh, hopefully we've um, managed to uh, cure the insomnia of our um, uh, partial listener this week. So we better say it carefully in case they've gone to sleep. Thanks for listening. And until next time, you take care. Nighty night. Thank you.